All right, friends, a little bit about Taylor Griffith. Taylor is an amazing individual. You're going to so uh, enjoy getting to know her. Her pronouns are she, her, but she is working exclusively with wedding creatives and wedding vendors to help them embrace their individuality on their websites and social media and print material. Once you start with Taylor, she's able to transition all the words that you need to use on your website into these other mediums and platforms. She started her career in her business back in 2019, and uh, she is a uh, former, former life. She was SEO copywriter. In her former, former, former life, she was an award-winning newspaper journalist. And I'm so excited that she found her way to working with wedding creatives. And uh, you're going to really enjoy her and her take and her honesty and her, and her brute just in your face telling you how to make it happen. She is going to whip your websites into shape because she makes having a baller website easy peasy. She understands that the right words can bring your brand to life. And lucky for us, words are her kind of thing. So ladies and gentlemen, listeners, I'm super excited to introduce you to Taylor Griffith. conversations with wedding professionals as they share their stories, insights, and tips from inside the wedding industry. We'll chat about how to be authentic and that it's okay not to be perfect or run your business like someone else's Instagram. Let's dive into the privilege it is to serve our clients and discover the talented creatives that make up our community. When we share what we know and who we are, we better serve our couples as a wedding day team, as well as each other. Simply put, be Fabo. Now here's your host, Bobby Brinkman. All right, listeners, welcome back. I am thrilled, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to talk about copywriting for your website and for wedding pros. I think this is a perfect time to chat a little bit about it. I already gave you the introduction for this uh, wonderful Taylor Griffith um, earlier. She is sitting across from me in this Zoom world that we live in now. Um, so be watching for a post coming up a little bit later. But everybody, please welcome uh, Taylor to the episode. And uh, we're going to start this conversation down deep and we're going to go strong. You're going to tell everybody what copywriting is and you're going to tell why wedding pros need it. Great. I love it. Um, okay. So there's a, first of all, there's a difference between copy and content and both of those uh, are thrown around a lot as sort of an umbrella term. If you write something on Instagram, if you have something on your website, if you have a video, a podcast, people call that content, people call that copy. Are they the same thing? Yes and no. Um, so both are words, language. Uh, the difference is copy or words that sell and content is words that inform or teach. So a blog post is more likely a piece of content because you're trying to educate somebody on um, ways to pose naturally on your wedding day versus a piece of copy is going to go in um, a Google or an Instagram or Facebook ad. It's going to go on your website because those are words that sell. They're words that you're trying to get somebody to purchase something, which of course is important because we all, we love what we do in the wedding industry, but everybody needs to make a living and make some money and that is important. So I always tell people your website is your number one marketing tool. It needs to sell while you sleep. And um, quite frankly, 
you, no, not just you, me, Bobby, anybody, you cannot afford to have a shit website. You just can't. Uh, it is like, imagine whatever your most perfect networking situation is. Maybe you're at a cocktail party and you've had one drink and you had like a really great day and now you're just jazzed to talk about your business. What if, if that is like the most on moment for you, your website needs to be like you at that cocktail party, one drink in all the time. And so the benefit is, is that it is sitting there all the time. And so you have the opportunity to make sure it is your best foot forward. Um, so it's a really cool opportunity with, with websites. Um, but it, it is expensive if you don't have a good one um, because those are customers who are, looking and learning about you before they even reach out to you. And if they don't like what they see, then they're likely to move on. And as you know, in the wedding industry, uh, depending on what you do, right. you could, that could be worth thousands of dollars that you're kissing goodbye by not investing in having, having a good website. So I think it's one of the most important marketing tools that you have in your arsenal. And I think it's worth investing in whether that's, you DIY it or you hire somebody like me to do it for you. It is worth the time, the effort, the money that you would put into it. Well, I always say it's like, you know, if it's, it's the modern day brick and mortar. I mean, yeah. how many times, and I, I try to get wedding pros when I'm out speaking, I try to get wedding pros. Okay. We're walking down a cute little main street. How come you don't stop in that store? How come you don't stop in this store? Because if Absolutely. you think about it, we always have to look up to see the name of something. So what's the name up there? Well, if I saw the name, will I go in? If not, what's in that window and that's why that first click when you find the word photography or florist or something in the area when you, these couples are planning they click on that because they see something and I tell collectives creators all the time we I some people I'm sure you know this spend thousands of dollars for this beautiful site and it says nothing yeah. put, I mean as a wedding photographer I can give you a thousand wedding photos yeah. unless we all know we're you know pictures worth a thousand words but if I don't have something that's intriguing past that, that's yeah. superficial of, okay, I, I can take a snap. I've got a cell phone photo. I can do that. I can make that work. There has to be more to it. So for somebody like you and the services you provide, it's that's helping a wedding creative see that side of it. Because we, we don't use that side of our brain. Yeah. You know, even though yeah. it's creative, we don't. So is that, how do you go about, I know we want wedding creatives to you know hire services like you because it's better off to you know stay in your scope of genius if you know what yeah. you're doing stay mm -hmm. there so what is like the first step like how do you know if somebody can use your services and let's put part two in that question not everybody gets your services because it's not a right fit how, how do you determine how your services can help a wedding creative and how open do they have to be to let that process happen yeah totally okay so um there's definitely sort of a, a right and a wrong time to look for copywriting services. So if you wanted to hire somebody and not DIY it, um, most people start in the DIY lane. You very rarely get somebody who's like, you know what, this is not my thing. I'm just going to hire somebody. I, personally, I'm one of those people like Bobby, I'm a words person. I'm not a numbers person. So like, the month that I opened my business, I was like, I know that I don't really have the money for this, but I'm hiring an accountant because right. it is just not my thing. Very few people go about decision-making that way and that's fine. So most people start in the, I'm going to try and DIY it lane. Um, and there's a lot of resources online. Of course you can 
you can take some kind of a class, you can read blogs, you can look at competitor sites and see things that you like that you don't. You can just open a fresh Google Doc and start writing and see how it goes. Um, but I always tell people if, if you invest either time or money, I always say everything is a time or money exchange. If you don't have the time, you have to pay the money. If you don't have the money, you have to spend the time. So whatever it is for you, whether you spend some time researching or you spend some money on a course or something like that, if you go the DIY route and um, you're thick in the middle of it and you're just like, man, this is taking forever and I'm still not getting it or I already spent like 20 hours on what I have and now you're telling me that it could be better and I have to make more changes. If you're, if that sounds like you, then it's probably time to hire a professional. Um, so I do think that being said that there is definitely um, – you don't want to hire a copywriter too early. So if you just started your business um, and you're within maybe even the first year, I would say it's probably not a good choice just because um, your website, like I said, it needs to sell for you. Uh, and it is, if you're going to hire a professional, it can be, some people would consider it to be like a high priced item. It's typically in the thousands of dollars for an entire site. Um, and the good news of when you make that investment, it will last you a long time. But if you are going to be changing your services or your products a lot, then maybe investing too early is not a good choice for you. So if you think if you've been in the business for a few years and you know what you're offering, you're feeling confident in this is what you want to offer. And now you want to go out there and sell it. Um, I get a lot of people who hire me after they pivot. They've they started their business in one lane and then they've kind of added a second lane and now they're trying to make the two sound like they go together. And that is a very common time that somebody will hire me or another copywriter. Um, or like I said, if they've been around a few years, they've gotten their sea legs, they have some clients, but they want more, they want to grow. They feel like they are confident in what they're offering. Um, that's a good time to, seek out somebody. Now, in terms of how do you find a copywriter who you like and who you want to work with? Um, I definitely recommend choosing somebody who has expertise in what you do. So for example, I specialize in the wedding industry, so it doesn't matter what you do in the wedding industry. I you will work with wedding. you speak weddings. <laughs> exactly. So whatever you do in the wedding industry that works, some copywriters only work with wedding photographers and that's it. Some copywriters only work with caterers and food people. Like there's different things. So you, I recommend looking for somebody who has some experience in your specialty, whether that's specifically what you do or just the wedding industry in general. And I'm not the only copywriter out there who specializes in the wedding industry. So there's definitely people to choose from. Um, and I recommend looking for somebody who has a writing background, which there's surprisingly a lot of copywriters who do not. They are, let's say, for example, for you, Bobby, you've been in the industry for 40 years and you're a photographer. You know what it's like to work behind the camera. You've written your own website a million times over. You're an educator. You help other people. You coach them. And so now you've decided, you know what? I can do this. I'm going to write sites for other photographers. There's a lot of writers out there who have a similar story to that. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that if they are a good writer, but I will say that they're, it's, it's like art, right? It's kind right. of 
subjective. Everybody has different tastes. And so my biggest tip when you're trying to hire somebody is to read through their portfolio and see what they've written on their own website and on right. other people's websites in their portfolio to see, do you like their writing style? Um, do you notice any typos? Do you notice a certain aesthetic that's repeated across all of them? Just like if you were evaluating a wedding photographer, you look at their past work, you know that oh, these people have a dog in their wedding pictures. I don't want a dog, but like, I don't want my dog at my wedding, but I really like that Bobby, the photographer, was willing to incorporate the dog into the photos. That feels really whimsical and fun to me, so I'd like to do that versus maybe other photographers don't. Things, things like that. So really evaluate their portfolio and look at, um, do you like their writing style? And I right, do feel you like are representing, you're going to be the reflection. So the interview yeah. process that you go with, like for instance, I'm yours. I mean, I love, I mean, on your website, every, listeners, when you, you know, you're going to link back in the show notes, Tina will link you back, but it says right here that I don't care what's trendy. I don't like templates. I don't take any BS. That's her specialty is the fact that she is going to use her, your voice to be her voice back to your voice. And I think, I think that's one of the misnomers I see a lot, like you mentioned, 40 years, which I do not write for somebody else. But uh, one of the things I always educate on is it's we have to use our voice and our voice has to be heard. Yeah. We are, we're always not the one, best ones to tell our story. You know, yeah. one of my favorite, you know, one of my favorite quotes is always, you know, you don't go to ask for criticism from somebody you would never take advice from. So I need to sit back as a wedding creative and say, this might be what everybody's saying about me. So I could gather up some of these reviews or whatever. And then I'm going to look for somebody like you and go, Hey man, this, she talks like me. She acts like me. She, yeah. she's not afraid to say shit on her website. That's yeah. who I am. Yeah. I want to find somebody like that. So then you have to yeah. sit there and get to know that person. And that's why I think we need copywriters yeah. to really help us on our websites, pretty pictures, whether you're a caterer or a florist, but the words need to sink in. And yeah. as you mentioned, words matter. I always I'm say sure. that your visuals and your words need to match. You yeah. have to have both. And so that's also, since you were asking about like, when's a good time to hire a copywriter? Sometimes if, if somebody approaches me and they have um, a website that looked like it was built in 1985, then yeah. I kind of say like, look, of course I will write this for you, but just so you know, it's not going to sink in the same way that you have this old site, or maybe they only use stock photography and there's not a single photo of them on there. Right. You know, that kind of thing. Like you, you kind of need both and it doesn't, there's ways to, to do it, to cut costs, to make it work for you, or maybe you just go all in and you make the investment. But um, back to what you were talking about, what I write on my website, that's another thing I like to tell really anybody, but it's very beneficial for the wedding industry because there's so many different styles and types of couples out there is you have to be brave and you have to say, this is what works for me and this is what doesn't work for me. And so, um, for example, on my own website, something that I say right at the top is like, I want to work with people who have a voice. You have an opinion, you stand for something, you want to say something it's harder for me to work on projects where the person is kind of wishy-washy and they're just like, meh, I don't know. Like you figure it out. I can, I need a certain level of that to be a good writer. I need you to say, here's kind of like the box. Here's the outline of the box. Then you can do whatever you want inside the box, but you got to give me the box. Right. And some people who are like, I don't really know what I want. I'm not really sure. That's never going to work because 
I can't make you happy if you don't know what you're, what you're looking for. And so you have to be willing to say no also to projects that don't work for you. And this doesn't just apply for writers. This applies for everybody. So if, I don't know, if you have a dark and moody style and somebody says, Hey, I want like a light and airy style. You would just automatically say, no, you know, I don't, I don't do that, but I have somebody else who's great who I would love to recommend to you. Well, and don't you too think Taylor that, that people are coming to you and, and with all our websites, our goal is to have people hit the book button or to yeah. pick up the cone and book us. So sometimes that's hard. Hard criticism is hard to say, hey, look, you know, your, your pictures are saying that you're dark and airy, but you're writing in this real fluffy, fluffy. It doesn't match. Mm -hmm. Like you said, there's no, there's no marriage of the two. Yeah. So you have to be able to represent what we're trying to say and, and you have to pull that out of us. So how important is that in, in your professional opinion that the words say who we are and the pictures match, but the words also help us find or track our target. I, I, I always step away from the word ideal couple. I think yeah. it's a target couple because I do believe I want to hang out with people who want to hang out with me. I want to hang yeah. out with people that like to goof off of me and and have and of all the colors of the rainbows and all sizes and all that everything. Yeah. That's who that's who I am. So my words have to also say that's yeah. who I am. Open to all. Everybody's here. We're all accepted yeah. here. So how important is that 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 message is front and center before you get to all the fancy photos or all the awards and everything else? How important that about you page in a lot of words or little words sets the tone for are they going to keep shopping? Are they going to keep clicking yeah. and looking around? Yeah. So I totally believe your words and your visuals have to match. They have to be saying the same thing. That said, I do think that the copy is more important for several reasons. One is, of course, that's how people get to know you is they, they read about you. And so just like you just said, Bobby, um, you're sitting there, I want to work with people who want to work with me. Well, your couples are probably saying the same thing. They want to work with, they want to hire somebody for their most special day who they actually want to spend the day with, whose work they admire. Exactly. Um, and so the way that they do that is they get to know you and your website, your social media, if you have a podcast or a blog, those are all ways that somebody would get to know you. Um, but again, the, the website I think is the most important. It's at the bottom of your sales funnel. So everybody at the top of the funnel is, is learning about you from a place like Instagram or maybe from an ad. They're learning about you there. And then when they get closer to making that decision to book you, they move down the funnel and the website's at the bottom. But the website in and of itself is also a funnel. Your homepage is the top of the funnel where they're learning a little bit about everything that you offer. And then as you move down and down and down through the site to the about page, the services pages, an FAQ page, they're, you're giving them more and more information to push them closer to that contact me or book a date or purchase a cake, buy my bouquet, whatever it happens, whatever it happens to be. Um, yeah, moving, moving down the funnel for sure is, is important. So I think you need to really put people ask me all the time, like, well, how do I know when it's, when it's done? Or like, what's the minimum word count? Um, <laughs> it's a frustrating answer, but there isn't one. It's done when it's done. Um, there's, I believe that copywriting is an art and a science and I can teach you the science part, but I can't teach you the art piece of it. But right. 
back to the science part, there are sort of certain things, certain milestones that you should have on the different pages um, that will help people know that they're in the right place and move down the funnel. So for example, on your homepage, you should be teasing the other pages on your site. For, so for example, you have an about page, you should have a teaser for your about page on your homepage because the homepage is kind of like a table of contents for everything else that's in the site. So if the major pages for you are a services page, like let's say you're a wedding planner and you've got a few different services, of course you want to send people there because you want them to book their services, but they probably also want to get to know you. So you have an about page, you've got that. And then you always are going to need every single page needs a call to action or a CTA at the bottom where you tell somebody what you want them to do next. Um, so typically on the homepage, that's either like, sign up for my email list and get a freebie or contact me is, are the most two common ones for your, for your homepage. But um, back to your original question, which is sort of where do you, where do you put this message about what you yep. want? Um, this always makes me laugh. There's the phrase above the fold. It makes me laugh because I started my career in journalism and I worked at a newspaper. And right. so there's quite literally when you get a newspaper's folded in half, the things above the fold are the most important stories because they're what you're going to see first. We use that term also in the website world where whatever loads on your homepage first that fills up your whole desktop screen, that is called above the fold. And that's the most important real estate on your whole site. Um, and so that's really where you need to be catching somebody's attention and then continuing to grab their attention with the words that you write to get them to scroll down to see your pretty pictures or um, examples of past cakes that you have baked or photos of your flower arrangements or videos of guests dancing as you're turning the tables as a DJ at a wedding. Um, but the copy is what's persuading somebody to continue moving down the page. And it also goes twofold into this mobile world that we live in that, you know, yep. I don't want to have to swipe. I want to keep everything right there in that phone. So that's the above the fold is what fits in that phone that you're using. Yep. It's all my information where I'm, I'm I, okay. I'm at your front door, your store. I want to now walk through. So that's the same as apply. So sometimes whatever you write that looks great on the website, it needs to transfer and look really great in mobile as well. Yeah. And that we actually got like two or three questions about that. That oh, cool. I'll, I'll bring it up right now just because we're on it. I, I know listeners, sometimes you get mad at me that I pop questions in the middle instead of the end, but we're having a candid conversation. Yeah. So that question, Taylor, was does the copywriting that you would, that you get done on your website, is it altered or changed so that it fits better on mobile? And Again, I think that somebody like you, instead of DIY, so like if you go and do something great on the website, I don't want to hack it all up from my phone, but is yeah. that something that they need to match exactly, they can be different, and how important then, the third question on that grouping was, that about you page especially, is that really the page that brings in so much SEO because you're trying to cram everything in there, who you are, your name, the location you're working at, all that. How important is all the information in the about you, which is why I think DIYing it sometimes probably isn't getting your phone to ring, that you don't know how to do all that without right. it sounding like a shout fest. Yeah. Um, okay, so first question, no, the copy is the same regardless of if it's on, your site is your site. So the copy is the same. I do think this is the point when you would really need to pay attention to the design and make sure that your layout that you choose, the design you choose, um, 
looks good on on both. Um, and so I'm I'm not a website developer. I don't custom code, but I do actually offer Squarespace website design because I have built so many websites for clients, including my own on Squarespace, that at this point I know that platform like the back of my hand and I can help people with like the visual piece like we talked about. Um, some sites like WordPress have the capability where you can actually add a condition to let's say an image where if the screen size is, a, is X number of pixels wide, so let's say if it's on mobile, the photo will go away and it will remove it. But if you're on desktop, it will show it. So let's say you start your site and you've got like four images across the top and then you have your copy. That looks great on desktop, but on mobile, those four images stack. And so now you're scrolling for forever. On a site like WordPress, you can actually edit that to say when it's small enough, get rid of those four and just show one. Um, on a site like WordPress, you cannot, or excuse me, on a site like Squarespace, you cannot do that. Um, but I think Squarespace has a lot more capabilities to put text over top of images right. that looks more attractive than WordPress or, or some other hosting platform. So the quick answer to that is no, your copy is your copy. It should be selling you the best way possible. And that should be the same regardless of what platform or, or excuse me, what device you're looking at it on, but it might impact the design. So you have to think about both halves of that on, right. on that one. And then as far as the about page goes, <laughs> there's a few pages that I think every website should have, even if you, maybe you're just starting out, maybe you don't really have a lot of things that you want to say yet, or a lot of service offerings. You should always have a homepage. You should always have a contact page, you should always have an about page, and you should always have some kind of a service or a product page. Even if you don't have anything yet, you can just say like coming soon, but something there to really, that's of course the point is you want people to buy from you. So the about page is probably the page that I get the most questions about. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there's 17 right here. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very hard to write about yourself and I will say, say that as a writer. Uh, it's, it's really challenging to, as you mentioned before, tell your own story. Yep. And, um, so that's why sometimes it's just easier to have, to have somebody else do it because I can see things too that you can't, or just this week I was writing a website for a client who, um, she runs an event, uh, babysitting service. So like at your wedding, you could have a, a separate room for all the children who you want at your wedding, but you don't want or running around in the middle of your ceremony and your reception. Um, and she calls herself Mommy Deluxe. And it used to be just like one little snippet in her about page. And I read that and I asked her about it in my kickoff interview. And I said, like, can you tell me about Mommy Deluxe? Like, where did that come from? And she said, well, when I was a kid, I used to be obsessed with Barbie. I loved Barbie. And Barbie had this cool, she had everything. She was like my ultimate woman who I wanted to be when I grew up. And, um, she had this awesome camper and it was, but it wasn't just any camper. It was the deluxe camper. It had pots and pans and it had like a stove with s'mores and all of these different things in it. And she was like, and I just keep thinking about that Barbie camper when I think about myself and how I have all these different compartments. I'm more than just a mom. I'm also a business owner. I'm also a daughter. I'm a wife. I like politics. I like to read. I like to cook all these different things. She didn't, I don't think that she thought that that was significant or a part of her story worth telling because 
it was a blip on her website before and she didn't mention it in any other kickoff question. I had to ask her about it for her to tell me that story, but I just thought that was super cool and it was very relatable. And so I put that in the copy for her new about page and she loved it. So, um, anyway, that's a long story just to say that the about page is very hard to write. So don't blame me if you're struggling with it. You do need to have some logistical things on there, like the name, your name, that's also a common thing. So many people don't put their own name on their about page, which makes me laugh. Yep. You need your first and your last name. Because people, I think they always say, I'm writing it because you're talking. So then you're like in third person, but then you're like, does it sound like somebody else? I get that a lot. It's like, if I write, hi, this is Bob, hi, I'm Bobby, nice to meet you, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden it sounds like, okay, now I'm talking about yourself or it's, yeah. hi. Bobby was blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It sounds like somebody else talking. So you have this massive team. And I, I've always kind of just been like, well, just do you. I mean, how do you yeah. talk? You know, what's your thing? But I, yeah. I do think everybody gets so caught up in that hero photo and then that about page. Yeah. But copy, it also it also carries over. Why we talking about, you know, websites a lot here, it's how you talk in Instagram too. And those yeah. should match. I mean, you know, you're, you're talking exactly what, you know, and I don't practice what I preach all the way. So my Instagram sometimes is not, I don't do every third square where it looks alike. Cause you know, that again, is not me. So yeah. technically it's me, but it's just not a, it's a, it's a beautiful mess of this is everything I'm working on and doing. Cause I'm more about the people yeah. that I service than how I'm servicing them. So the copy, when you, when you start getting that stuff for your website, that also goes on your marketing and branding materials that carries yeah. through because can you not tailor like you got you know when and again you guys when you go to the website you're gonna see it's simple but to the point but yet really elegant and high-end I mean I know that's a mosh bit of words but I can look at all this and go she's expensive she has it simple she's to the point yeah bam you know it's it's all there instead of I am a dollar and I charge you two cents per word I mean I know I'm gonna invest with you but isn't that what everybody wants to do on their website listeners? Aren't you trying to get people to invest in you? So yeah. if you're speaking, yeah. sometimes then the photos will come hand in hand with that. And I think, do you often ask, send me a collection of photos that you might think work well? Cause I, that struck me as I, I, I'll back up a little bit. I find it odd that you said, get going a little bit before you have somebody come and yeah. hire you where I would think I would want to know who you are before I invested in a website. See, before I go spending thousands of dollars in design, I may think it looks great and holds all my pictures, but if I'm not leaving any room for words, yeah, I would think I would almost want to reach out to somebody like you and your services, yeah, and then you say, "Hey, let's start here and go do this." So I think website so website design and website copy are not the same. I hope that's clear. Um, they, I always say, like my my work wife or my work husband, air quotes, is is always going to be like a graphic designer or a website designer on to a copywriter because they they go together, they're married, they have to match, and they become a couple, right? Um, I do think you could invest in a beautiful website design as soon as you get started, but the copy it's going to change as your business changes. I, that, that's also a question that I get a lot from like past clients is like, Oh, I spent all this money with you and all this time redoing my site and I absolutely love it. But I've realized mm -hmm. now that I want to like change things a little bit. And it's, it's in a way it's holding me back from letting my business grow the way I want it to because the copy is so good. And I just want to change. I like, I don't want to change it. And I always say, 
um, your business is going to grow and your copy should grow with it. Your website should grow with it. So you shouldn't be afraid of that. And that's kind of where that comment about you shouldn't in, maybe invest in professional copy right away, uh, unless you're rolling in the dough, which of course, you know, good for you in that case. But, um, and I don't, it's not that I don't think it would be useful. I just think your average person is probably willing to spend the money, but doesn't want to throw it away. And so you're, you're probably thinking carefully about when's the right time for me. And so that, that's how I run my business. I, I have money to spend and I'm happy to spend it on professionals who I think are worth it, but I'm, I'm not just going to hand it out willy nilly. I spend a lot of time thinking about who do I want to hire? When's the right time to hire them? So if that sounds like you listener, probably the right time to hire somebody like me, a copywriter is after you're really solid in your offering. So exactly what are you offering? Who are you offering it to? What makes you different? Um, and you don't have to know all of those things a hundred percent, but you need to know a little bit about each of those things. And then when you hire somebody like me, we'll work together to really nail those down as like, what is the thing that you're offering? How do you do it better or different from somebody else? Who are you trying to talk to? How do you reach them? Those are the things that we would work to, through together, like process wise. Well, exactly. And, and like it says on your website, you know, what kind of wedding pro are you? Do it for me. Do it with me. Do it for free. I think that is information that can literally transcend everybody. But when I go to your website, I feel like I get to know you. I know some things about you. Enough that I wanted to reach out and have a conversation with you. Enough that I want to know more about you. Mm -hmm. And that's what every single wedding pro needs somebody to do. If, if you can't book every person, that's a whole nother episode. If you can't book every client that reaches out, whole another episode. But if you don't have anybody knocking at your front door or ringing the doorbell, yeah, this is what this is what we have to fix. And yeah. we do get a lot of questions like that. And and you know, there are several in that mix of, I want to grow, I want to change. Gosh, I mean, I think one of the things that I saw so much in 2019 and in a lot of end of 2018 is everybody went and changed their brand. Everybody went out and changed their website. And I'm like. Well, I got, I, you know, well, it's old, it's old. I'm like, well, I've had the same website for 20 some odd years. I just changed it around because my couples are always new. I don't care that a vendor's coming every five minutes and looking at it. You're yeah. going to copy and do whatever you want to do anyway. But I change it based on what I feel like and what, and what I want something to evolve with. And so when you go to your website, again, it's clean and simple and it gets to the point. And I think that that is one of the things that people in your service industry really can help our service industry because our goal is the same. And that's exactly what most of the people that wanted to know were like, well, how often do I change my about page? How often do I change my wording? You know, do you also help with wording on pricing? Do you, what all does a copyright person, can they do every page? Can you yeah. put words in every page? Yeah. What is not in your ream of scope of what you think you should do on a website? Okay. Um, so I offer like copywriting wise, sort of the do it for you element. I offer two different packages. One is I'll just write one page. So you can tell me what that one page is. If it's your home page is your about page, about page is the most popular one by far, but uh, it, it could be a service page. It could be whatever you want. Um, or I can write your whole site for you. And that package includes eight pages because most people have, as I mentioned before, those four core pages, home, about, service, sort of landing page, and then contact. And then they'll probably have a few 
other pages, maybe their service sub pages where you've got one page for each, let's say your wedding planner and you do like full, full planning, you do like month of package and you do a day of package. Typically those three have their own pages. And so like the eight pages for me sort of would include that. But I always let my, I always ask my clients, like, what pages do you want me to write for you? But typically that's, that's how it goes um, on, on that front. Um, and we, I mean, I definitely ask about, so let's say I was going to be writing those services pages. I say like, walk me through what this looks like. Let's say I hired you for this, um, you know, let's say I hired you to be my florist for my wedding. Pretend I'm your client. Tell me exactly what that looks like. How do you run? What are the steps? How do you run the consultation? Uh, do you check in with me before what's included? Are there different, uh, types of flowers? Do they cost different things? I want to know all the nitty gritty on how you run your business. Um, and I always say that I'd rather know more than know less because I am your filter for you and I can decide what would be useful for a couple to know and what's too much detail and we'll kind of freak them out. And typically if there's ever like too much detail, but it's really important for the person to say it, then I will put that kind of information on an FAQ page. Um, because that's another way for people to, again, move down the sales funnel. If they're really interested in you, they're going to go to that FAQ page because they really want to know. And I'm one of those people where I research the heck out of somebody before I hire them for anything, whether it's my personal or my professional life. And, um, I'm one of those people who will go to an FAQ page and read all the fine print on exactly what they do and how they do it. So I think those are valuable too. What's funny is I was just texting, I, I got a DM uh, off the post and, it, and that's why I answered back and it's like can you ask I know you're probably doing the podcast now because obviously they don't hear us live so she yeah. goes I hope I'm not too late with my questions but could you ask Taylor which I'm now following which I think is great she says can you please ask do the FAQs have to be boring or can they be funny and hilarious and true to our brand and again I never thought that a copyright person would do more than about me so look how we're educating people today Taylor yeah. You know, they only think, I'm not going to hire you for the about page. How does they think that even mixes and matches? So that's a perfect question. How important is FAQ and can it look at my brand? And that's something you can do. And that's why I was laughing because you were talking about it right when it came to the question on the DM. Perfect timing. Perfect yeah, timing. Yeah. No, yeah, I think FAQ is valuable. It's not for everybody. Again, especially if you're starting out or if you're one of those super detailed or maybe it's a very clean cut, straightforward offering. Maybe you don't have a lot of things in the FAQ. I always think... FAQs are smart. They're strategic, right? Because you get to put forward the information that you want people to know, um, but you get to be sneaky about it. So instead of having somebody ask you, um, like, for example, you, you're trying to, you're trying to, your whole website is trying to show somebody that you're worth the investment. Maybe Privately, you get some people say to you, sorry, I'm not going to hire you because you're too expensive for me. You don't want to address that up front on your services page because you don't want to put the seed of doubt in somebody's mind that you're too expensive. But maybe if people do ask you that question or give you that comment, you want to address it. So an FAQ page is a smart place to bring that up and pose it as a question as if somebody asked you, um, do you have any less expensive packages or what goes into your pricing? And then that's the proper place to sort of go into 
here's why I charge what I charge. Cause it's not about the words, the number of words on the page. It's about the value of your services that I'm conveying in the writing for you. It's about the art part, not, not the science part. And like, that's the part that, um, is harder to find, right? It's like those pieces that, that go into it. And so I always recommend, you don't have to have an, an FAQ page is certainly not a deal breaker, but I think it's a really smart strategic place. And to answer your listener's question, absolutely have some fun, show your personality. Every word that when I write a website, I choose every single word carefully. And so everything that you have is an opportunity for you to show who you are, how you approach things, your personality. So use those opportunities. Exactly. So, you know, as we go and we, and we really involve this, it is taking some of the things that you work like you work on in the copyright, like you, you know, like on your website, I always flop over, you know, I love the fact that, you know, your voice, my words, that speaks all the way through. So you can just take those few things and then incorporate it on, you know, branding, branding papers and branding promotions. And you can also take some of that and continue on. So, you know, hiring somebody like you, doesn't just put it on the website, but we're able to use some of those things, those things that you create for us and use them in our other social media posts or in a branding material or something, printed material. So it's not just, and I want listeners to hear that. It's not, Oh, I just can hire somebody from my website. I can't do anything else because no, you're kind of giving them the words, you're creating the words, you, you know, you own the design of those words and how it works, but you're giving permission to be used. So you have a cohesive look. And that's what it's you're called trying content to do. repurposing and it's very smart. Again, talk about like bang for your buck. Take some of those pieces. I, I did an Instagram post recently that was like five unusual places to find your next blog post idea. And one of them was look at your past Instagram posts and see which one got like the most engagement and pick a theme from that and expand on it in the blog. But there's no reason you can't go the other way and start with your website and say like, Oh, this is something that I care about that I want to tell people about. I'm going to expand on it in an Instagram post. I'm going to put it on Pinterest. I'm going to talk about it in a podcast, whatever, whatever it might be. And, and again, she's a mind ring everybody because one of the questions we have was, does copywriting bleed over into the blog world? And can I, can a copywriter be hired just to do blog? Like, do you just write blog posts for us? Or can I, again, take part of what I'm doing on my website and bring that over and keep that across to my blog? And again, those are all different services that I want everybody to encourage to reach out to Taylor on. I don't want to dive into all of that part of it. But the important part is the the legit question. All right, so she's working on my website. Does my blog now suffer? How does my make my blog my blog yeah. match what the rest of my website's yeah. name? I would say your website gives you the structure that you'd be able to DIY your blog, which most people, again, like time versus money, most people probably DIY their blog and write it themselves. So if you pay somebody to work on your website, then you can sort of follow that framework and DIY your blog yourself. Um, you can of course hire technically that would be a content writer, not a copywriter, although a lot of people blur the line. So it's not, you're not doing the wrong thing if you search for a copywriter. Um, but technically it's a content writer, um, that you'd be looking for to write your blog. Um, and like for me, for example, I advertise myself as I am a website copywriter for the wedding industry. And then I actually say on my services page, not in the wedding industry, but love my work. Cool. Sometimes I work with those people too. reach out to me. So 
it's kind of the same thing where I don't, if you, Bobby, a total stranger reached out and said, Hey, would you write my blog for me? I would probably say no, but that is a service that I offer for my clients who I have written their website because now I know what their voice is, what value they offer, what we're trying to convey. And then I can turn that into a blog copy. It's not that you can't do that not having written their their whole website. But for me, since website is kind of my zone of genius, as you like to say, that's kind of my happy place. Um, I only offer that for clients who I have done their website for. So a really unique question that came in, and I, and I, I know during podcasts when I talk, sometimes the caterers and yeah. sometimes the table of the core people, they often feel that they're left out in our wedding conversations. Yeah. I think a lot of it is because it's so broad on what they do. You can't narrow it down. And as a photographer, I really can't do anything until you have your food prepared for me to take a photo of it. Right. But then it's a pretty picture of the food. So yeah. the question that came in from this caterer was, so I have one or two good photos that I like. How do I convey? Is it okay if I have far more words to describe what I do than photos to back that? I've always heard that more words – Google doesn't like all the words. Google likes photos. I'm not, we won't go into a big Google discussion yeah. here, but I think she has a legit question. It's like, yeah. I don't, I'm not somebody who has a lot of photo content. Um, but you know, can she get somebody like you and work a relation with you that can really spice yeah. up those words? So I've written, um, I've, I've written sites for caterers and bakers before. So I've definitely come across this. Um, I don't know if that point about SEO valuing more photos than words is true. In fact, in my experience, it's the opposite because the way Google knows what your website is about is it's reading the copy. Google cannot read images. Exactly. So unless you have alt text, which most people don't, um, it has no idea what that is a picture of. So that's why sometimes too, when I do a free page review for people, they'll have like something, they'll have words over an image and that will be their header on their site. And I'm like, just so you know, you're not getting points, quote unquote. Um, you're not getting points for that in the SEO world because Google can't read the picture. So um, I'm not sure that that one is true, but it does matter to a human who is reading your site, right. um, not, not the bot. So. Um, Caterers are also challenging, and I've run into this with past clients, because it's very customized. So you can't just say, it's not like a photographer where you have a package. It's like, well, I'll, sometimes, it depends on what's on the menu. It depends on how many people are there. It depends on the season, the time of year, what ingredients are in season versus have to be imported. There's a lot of things. So my recommendation for that is to put a sample menu with a sample price. Um, and so an easy way to do that is to pair it with an image of that event. So for example, let's say you catered a wedding. One of my um, past clients did um, a wedding recently that was like Italian sort of family style. And so the, I would say, pull together the menu of what you had, put a sample price out there and then take one photo from the wedding photographer and match it with that. So somebody can visually see here's what that looked like. And then they can see written here was, here's what's on the menu and here's how much it cost. And so they would know. And I also say put like the number of guests. So 75 guests, we did three courses, Italian style, like family style. Um, and it included like chicken, fish, and like a dessert. I don't know. 
cake or something. <laughs> and this is how it cost them $2,000 or something like that. I have no idea. Um, but you compare it with an image, even if they don't match. Um, so for example, if you had that menu, but you didn't have photos from that particular wedding, I would maybe choose a detail photo from another shoot. So that way you're kind of seeing visually your work and then reading about your work. And so even though they're not identical matches, it's still like, oh, she talked about um, a steak and here's a picture of a nice cut of prime rib from another wedding. It's not 100% identical, but it's close. Um, I hope that helps you. No, I think that does because, that, because oh, I think that's great because it's like you have this one picture. You know, one of the other questions that came through um, that, that came through and, and again, everybody, you know, um, thank you always for doing these questions when we do this. Um, I appreciate, I think the last few minutes always are great for that little pop on. So listeners, thanks for always following the rules <laughs> in podcast land. So um, we have an Arizona uh, photographer out here and uh, her question is, you know, and I, I'm going to preface it by saying before we started, Taylor and I talked a little bit about COVID because we try not to always deal on COVID, but I do think it's timely. So Arizona photographer says, you know, in your professional opinion, should we be addressing somewhere on our website, somewhere about COVID, not blog, but somewhere on the website, should we be putting the banners that say we are complying with COVID? Um, we are doing, you know, everywhere I go and look, I yeah. see that other companies are putting a banner explaining COVID policies. A wedding photographer in Arizona was wondering if, don't want to dwell on COVID, but should I have something on there for the duration that just says I'm adhering to it and where would be the best place to put that? Okay. Um, so your website is an evergreen resource, meaning that it will last you for a long, long time. So ideally you want to keep everything that you have intact. There are places on your website though, where is, where you could put things that are more timely, such as related to COVID. So one place to do that is your blog. That's an obvious one. So you could make a blog post all about how you've updated your policies, whatever. And then you can maybe add a link to that to, from your homepage to, to that, or you can put a banner on the top of your homepage or it's, it's called an, technically the word is interstitial, but most people know it as a pop-up. If you have a, an interstitial that pops up and says, read all about our COVID updates. And then it links over to either a brand new page that you wrote all about this or a blog that you wrote. I think that's this, this probably the best way to do it. And then our, our dear friend, the FAQ page, what a perfect place to put that. And if you want, I don't think there's anything wrong with putting that at the very top of the page. So it's the first thing that people see. And again, you want to be directing people over to wherever you choose to post that information. And if you use link tree on Instagram, or um, I recommend people don't use an app like link tree, just create a brand new page on your site that has nothing on it except buttons. Um, and it looks just like link tree, except that you capture all of the website traffic from it. Um, set that up and then put a link at the top of that too, that says, and you can maybe change your Instagram bio temporarily to say, read about my COVID policies or, or whatever. But so Short answer is put it on a blog uh, or a separate page or an FAQ page and then link to it from like a banner or a pop-up on your homepage, but try and leave the actual copy on your site the same and as it is. Perfect. Good answer. 
Um, and I think that's a very, you know, that's everybody has that question right now as we go through. Um, so here's another one. I'm a Midwest uh, florist, uh, and I'm thinking about getting a new website. Ideally, would I want to trash the entire website or just trash? I love the word trash. Let's trash. <laughs> Let's just trash it. Do I want to trash the entire website and start over? Or if I have really good photos, is there a way that I should just revamp who I am, what I am, and use my voice to tell the story? Um, and which way would I start if I went down that path? I think we talked about it a little bit, but maybe we can yeah. a little bit. Um, so when somebody hires me to do their site, they, I've never had somebody hire me who didn't already have a site. They always have something, even if it's not a lot. So I always will read through what they have. Um, and if there's something really valuable, I will keep it. But that very rarely happens. More often than not, I just start fresh. Um, and it's not that what you had before isn't valuable. And again, I will try and find if I feel like something was either phrased really well or is very you, I call those isms. So like if you have a Taylorism or a Bobbyism on your site, yep. like Bobby, your ism is be Fabo. Exactly. And so I would recognize on your site, you talk about Fabo, Fabo everywhere. And so like, that's a Bobbyism. I want to keep that. Um, but I just, this is my personal preference. I just feel like it is very hard to create something new when you have something old sort of clouding your judgment for lack of a better phrase. I like to listen to music when I write, but I can't listen to music with words. So I listen to a lot of jazz. Sometimes I do classical, sometimes I do opera because I can't create new words when old words are in my head. And it's kind of the same thing with a site where I'm not telling you to scrap everything. I would maybe say like, definitely make a copy, put it in a Google doc or save it so that way you have it and you can go back to it. But I just find that when you're working with something old, it's very hard to transform it into something new put it let me put it in florist terms for you florist um if you go to walmart and you buy a five dollar bouquet of flowers and you say like please make this into an amazing floral bouquet there's only so much that you can do with a five dollar bouquet from walmart because that's just what you have and you definitely can apply your artistry your perspective and jazz it up but it's only going to go so far versus if you had your normal supply of flowers, you could make the most killer bouquet ever. It's just, I don't know if that helps sort of understand, but um, when it comes to visuals, I think it's you're, like we said, your visuals and your words need to match just like your words need to really hit home, show your value, your message, same thing with your pictures. So you need to be looking for like, um, let's say, for example, again, florist, that you only work with sustainable farmers and you only work with like local in-season flowers, you would want your main hero image of that bouquet, the first one that people see, to be like a showstopper that is also local, sustainable, seasonal, because you're trying to visually show what you're saying in your words and those two, those two match. Got you. So that leads us to the next question, which was, can you have too many words? Is less more? I also have a team of employees. Does every team member need to have a full bio? Or can I just say this to Steve? He does X, Y, Z. That's personal preference. So you as a business owner need to decide what you want your brand to look and sound like. So do you, do, it totally depends. Like if you're a wedding planner and you've got five associate planners and you're the lead planner, your couples are going to be working 
all day on their wedding day with those associate planners. So I would think you would want a bio on them because you want them to feel comfortable and feel like they know that person versus if you're a florist and you've got five design assistants and then you're the lead florist, you know, maybe your couples don't need to know that Steve, the design assistant is back there trimming the roses that go into the wedding bouquet. So it, that doesn't mean that you can't do it. Um, I know a lot of people who have a team that work with them. Those people are like their family and you absolutely want them on there. So like Bobby for you, this is a critique for you, but Tina's not on your site. And I think she should be, man. She is. You have to go over and see her on the officiant side. She's on the, she's, oh, and she's also on the bottom. Oh no, she's all over the site. That's her baby. But yeah, when you go to like meet Bobby, there yeah. is no, and here's a picture of me yes. and Tina. And yeah. let me tell you, if you message me, Tina right. will be responding to you. Like yeah. that's not there, but maybe it should be because when I, right. Taylor, contact close, you. Right. Exactly. When I, I need to move that close to the front because I have it, I think we have it further down in the page. I don't know why yeah. to put that there, but it's, there's something on there, but we should yeah. move that further up. You know, on, on the page of that, but yeah, because she is, you know, she does, yeah. you know, she's in charge. So we all know that. Everybody knows that. Once you know her, you know she's in charge. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Tina is the boss. Shout out to Tina. But, um, but yeah, so it's personal preference for you, whether you want that or not. I think there's some situations when it's better to have that. Um, the question overall about can you say too much? Can there be too many words? Um, you definitely can have too many words. You don't want to overstimulate people because then it's kind of like dating. Let's compare it to that. So like when you go on your first date with somebody, you don't want to tell them all about that time that you had to get your molar emergency removed in like, you know, your sophomore year of college. Like that's a little TMI for early on. So I think your your website should be like your killer first date where you put on like your best outfit and you're on your best behavior. You're a little sassy, you're a little flirty, um, but you're also serious and professional. Like you sort of check all the boxes um, and it makes somebody want to go on a second date with you. And in this case, that's contact me, fill out my form, whatever. Then you talk to them on the phone. Maybe you meet up for a coffee. You get to know a little more and then you can say some other things and the relationship deepens over time. So you don't want to give people too much information. You don't want to give away your, your special sauce, that what makes your, your thing different. And you also don't want to overwhelm them because as a bride myself uh, this year, like I've been looking at wedding vendors and seeing seeing websites for my own imagine. <laughs> for my own use. And there's sometimes when you always want to answer your potential customers' questions. Um, but you don't, you can kind of stop there. You don't need to go more. So think about what questions would somebody have if they had never met me and they were thinking about hiring me, what questions would they have, write them all down and then start coming up with answers and weave those answers into your site. And I would say if you go beyond that, then that's probably time to stop. So I'll ask you this question now that isn't on the list because I'll ask it though, since you are a future bride to be, yeah. when you were looking at websites, Price on the website, not price on the website. Price on the website. I am. I will shout that from the rooftops. Please put your prices on your website. And the whole I will tell price you. are starting at. Do you want okay. to see the whole thing or starting at? I personally want to see the whole thing, but I understand that not everybody's comfortable with that. So my compromise for you, listener, is to put average or starting at or something. But I prefer your whole price and just put it out there. Here's why. 
some people think that when you don't put it out there, it's like, oh, cool, like this will entice somebody to reach out to me. But for me, as a consumer, it makes me go the opposite direction. If you don't have your price on there, I'm not reaching out to you because now I'm going to be on your email list. Now you're going to be calling me every other week to ask about stuff. Now you're going to whatever. And it's also embarrassing to have to say you're too expensive for me. Like I can't afford you. And so imagine this, if you were shopping at a clothing store and you wanted to buy a shirt, um, the shirt has a price tag on it and it tells you it costs $29.99. It sucks when you go to a, the store and you pull something off the sale rack and the tag fell off. And now you're like, oh, I really like the shirt, but I don't know how much it costs. So you got to take it up to the counter. You got to ask the lady, can you tell me how much this costs? It's a pain in the butt. And it's weird when then they tell you, actually, it's $69.99. And you're like, mm, I don't right. think I want to spend that. And it, it's just this awkward moment. So not only does it not do what you think you're, it's going to do, which is entice people to reach out to you, but then you're also like sort of giving somebody the embarrassment or the shame of figuring out that they're, you're too expensive for them. And it saves you business owner a lot of time. So you don't have to deal with that weird, you know, that question of, well, how much do you cost? Like you just tell people how much you cost and then they won't reach out to you. And then you can spend your time dealing with somebody who knows that they can afford you because you put it out there. Well, because I also think, and, it, and I mean, again, all my years of speaking, it's it's a constant battle. And I know because a lot of what we do, caterers and some florists, things like that, that have a tangible price that is increasing and changing. Yep. Um, it's hard to say this is, but you can get really close. So, I mean, I, I know as a photographer, you know, people I say, well, I don't need, they always go, I have six hours, nine hours, and ten. So, are you saying I have to have six hours? Are you saying I have to have ten? So, I've always wondered that if I set my price if they're based on hours, and I think photographers around yeah. will go, okay, so you come on, Taylor, and go, oh, but I don't need six, but I don't need 10, but I need eight. Are you so going to click off now because it's not there, or are you more enticed knowing yeah. there's pricing? Yeah. I'm in this ballpark in my yeah. head. I'm safe to hit that button and go, hey, you know, I see your website, I love your work, blah, blah, blah. I need, six, I need seven hours, and you list six and nine. Yep. Because Personally, you're probably I would, I can get I would reach six. out. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My, my personal preference as a consumer, and I think most people feel this way, is if I look at your work and I know, man, I love your work. It's totally my style. You're in my, you're in my area where I'm getting married. So you check that box, you check the style box. I've seen your other packages and your pricing. And for the most part, like I'm in the ballpark, but you don't have exactly what I want. Maybe like I want to add an engagement session to the package, but you don't talk about that. I'm going to reach out to you and ask, hey, I noticed that you have this package. I was also wondering about boudoir photos or engagement photos. Do you, right. do you do those too? How much would that be? Can I get it bundled somehow? Or your packages offer, you've got a six hour and a 10 hour, but could you do an eight hour? Or your eight hour only has one photographer, but I was hoping for a second shooter. Could we add that on? I'm more inclined to reach out because again, like we've already sort of broached the money topic. It's... um it's weird talking about money. It makes people uncomfortable. So you as the business owner, I think you're doing your customers a favor by you saying, Hey, let's talk about money. Right. Like you're saving them the weird, embarrassing, awkward moment of having to bring up the money question. You do it. And right. then they don't have to, you're, you're doing them a little bit of a favor and you're doing yourself a favor too. Well, and then like you said, use the right words by hiring somebody like you. Here's my, here's, here's my pricing page. Here's yep. my collections. And then it says, Hey, looking for something else. Let's chat. 
I mean, because yeah. other than that, but I think that's a great thing for listeners to hear, and we have a lot of engaged couples listen to. And I think that that's the feedback that vendors want to know. It's like, I don't want to put anything on her. Lots of, lots of times it's because yeah. I don't really want to, I don't know how much something's going to be, but at least if I say starting it and you can yeah. call, because I also know for a fact that it's one of the oldest tricks in the book. And that's why a lot of times wedding vendors get the one notch above a used car sale is, well, what's your budget? Well, guess what? That's exactly what I cost. Exactly. And it, so it creates trust too, because your, your person knows, oh, Taylor service costs a hundred dollars. So when I contact her and I say, and can you confirm for me how much it costs? And she repeats a hundred dollars. I know that she's being real with me because she said it here. She repeated it. You don't have the whole, what's your budget, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And back to my example for the wedding caterer, I know that there's so many services that are customized. You don't know if you are a tailor who alters wedding gowns. Well, every gown is different. I don't know how much it's going to cost, but you can say, for example, show a before and after picture of the gown and say before it was strapless and now it has sleeves and this project costs three fifty, And that helps. Same thing with the menu. Show, show the menu, the number of guests, a picture of it, and then say, this particular menu costs $5,000. This particular menu, similar but fewer people, costs $2,000. And it helps people get an idea, oh, okay, they're kind of in the range, so I'm going to reach out and ask about my special situation. Oh, and last question, you're again right on it. <laughs> I swear, did you, did, maybe Tina sent you these questions. I'm like, I don't know, but I mean, it's like, right. The question, was, and we'll wrap up a little bit with this, guys, is a catering person asking, is copywriting something that I can have off my website and help with creative menus, help with some other creating packaging, not just totally. on my website? Is that something that I can, I can hire a copywriter and then they can make these creative menus and I can have them. So I basically think is you don't just do web stuff. You can also yeah. do other things as a copywriter. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you so can. every piece of every, I mean, I can write anything for anybody. Um, it doesn't mean that I want to, which is why I sort of like niche down and say, you know, I don't write websites for plumbers. I have done yeah. that. It wasn't super fun. It doesn't, you know, ring my bell. So I don't put that out there. But if you are like the coolest plumber, if you're just like, I don't know, hipster plumber yeah. who's got like, you know, a crazy long ZZ top beard and is covered in tattoos and like you show up in like your rock and roll van to do your rock and roll plumbing, then like that's kind of cool. And I would consider exactly. that for you. But you know, if you're just regular Joe Schmo plumber, probably not a good good fit for me. So you always want to look for somebody who you as the customer, you're identifying with them. You like their style. You like their approach. The service provider in this case, me should do the same for you and say, yes, I want to work with you. I'm going to be inspired by this job. And if I'm not, it's a disservice for me to say yes and take on the work because I'm not going to do my best work because plumbing is not my jam. Exactly. Um, flowers and tuxedos and cakes and catering and DJs like that's my jam. Um, and then yes, you can, certain skill sets transfer over, but overall I would say if somebody's trying to tell you, Hey, we can do everything and they're a one person team, then that's probably not the case. And they're probably not a good choice. So sometimes like a web developer will say, we can also write the copy for you. Probably not because their training and experience is in coding, not in writing compelling copy, but you know, copy overall is a larger category. So could a website copywriter also write another piece of sales marketing materials like 
a branding, um, or excuse me, like a, a pricing package or a freebie f download for your site or something. Absolutely. So if you find somebody who you like and they say they don't normally offer this, you should probably reach out. So in my case, like I said before, I advertise myself as a website copywriter. Um, but then once somebody works with me, then I say, Hey, by the way, like I also do blogs, other branding materials, and I'll do social media copies. So if that's the kind of thing where you'd want to keep working together, now that I know your message, I'd be happy to do that kind of work with you. And there you have it, listeners. We'll wrap up with, this is exactly on her website from Barbara Kiss, a wedding loft. Hell yes, I recommend you. Someone would be stupid not to want your superpowers. I think, <laughs> listeners, you, I think listeners, you you really got a lot from Taylor. And trust me, we, we can go on a lot. I'm very thrilled that she's going to stick with us uh, for another episode coming up. Um, we won't tell you about that now. But as always, show notes. Tina will have everything back in the show notes so you can click back, follow Taylor. I mean, the insight into the information that she shares on her website, like she shared freely here today, guys, is there available for you. But reach out to her. Send more questions to her that you guys had. I know you guys bundled up a lot of questions for us, and I appreciate that. Yeah. But we try to keep these to an hour for you guys. Listeners like to, uh, as you're driving and doing things, we try to keep them to an hour. So, listeners, thank you. Reach out to Taylor via all the show notes. Thank you, Taylor. Anything you would like to wrap up to the listeners before you head off and we do this again in a little bit? No, just uh, you'll see on my website that I have a free web page review for anybody who wants it. Um, and I highly recommend you take me up on that. I will do a recording where I go through one page, whichever page you want that you send me, and I'll give you some tips on how to take it from good to great. And so again, if you're a DIY queen, then great, you can go do those. And if you try and make those changes and you're just like, oh man, this is not working for me, then maybe, you know, that's a sign that hiring somebody like me or somebody else would be a good choice for you. So um, it's a free resource and it's customized to you. So I highly recommend you take me up on the offer. Wow, Taylor, thank you so much for that opportunity, for that free offer for our listeners. Thank you again also for spending this time with us. I know our listeners are going to really, really enjoy your insights and your expertise. As always, everybody, that's what we're here for the podcast. That's why we're here on the podcast is to, is to cheer you on and motivate you. So until next time, everybody, go out there, lead with your heart, continue to be fabo. I'm here for you, cheering you on. See you all. Have a great week. For more information about today's episode, check the show notes at BeFabopodcast.com. Hey, while you're there, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for Monday Motivations, delivered hot to your inbox. And there'll be more. Can we say more? Till next time, be Fabo.